Hey guys, it's Scott. It's Tuesday morning, May 24th. And I'm really glad a lot of you guys enjoyed the paid post about conventions. I'm really excited about convention season. It was announced I'll be at San Diego. I'll be there the whole time. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff for our second wave of comicsology books. Dark Horse releases. I have a book coming out with IDW called Wildfires with the great Hayden Sherman about a women's convict firefighter team in the California wildfires. It's like a heist book. And Canary comes out then, the big Western, um, horror Western I've been working on with Dan Panosian. Barnstormers comes out then, the historical fiction adventure story I've been working on with Tula Lote. And Dudley Dotson and the Forever Machine, the YA-influenced book that I've been working on with Jamal Igel and Chris Sotomayor. I'm really, really proud of that one, too. So completely different slate from the first wave. We'll have all the books there. We'll have giveaways. We'll have pins. We'll have posters. We'll have all kinds of signings and everything. So come and you guys, subscribers and paid subscribers, though, if you upgrade to a paid subscription, I'm going to be doing a signing or two that's just for you guys so you can skip the massive, massive lines that happen at San Diego. I'll also be at SummerCon a few weeks before that in June. So if you check that out, that's Washington State. I'm going to do the same thing. Paid subscribers get a signing line that's just for them. So yeah, the benefits of being a, a subscriber, a paid subscriber are just starting to really pay off and accumulate. So I hope you'll jump over and do that. But for you guys, for free subscribers, I wanted to talk today a little bit about a couple things. First, thank you for being patient with me. It was Emmett's 11th birthday this week. All he wanted was baseball cards. He's incredibly into baseball. So we found a new store. I drove about 45 minutes to it. And it turned out to be like his Shangri-La. He got a Mickey Mantle card for 150 bucks. That was his big gift. They couldn't believe it was so cheap. It has his jersey on it. And he got an Acuna card and an Aaron Judge card. And all he thinks about is baseball. He's one of those kids that has one thing he loves and obsesses over it for a while. So for his birthday party, we're going to a baseball game in June with his friends. So the end all be all of our weekend was his birthday and, and my father's birthday. My father came up. So that's why I wasn't at Megacon or any of that stuff. Looked like a great time. So also, I, it got me thinking, like, I saw somebody cosplay Val. It was Liz Wonder, who's amazing. Val from Noctera at Megacon. And it got me thinking about doing little segments like this on all the people that kind of make up the comics community that we don't think about quite as much. I had this experience a few years ago where I was invited to a convention on a cruise ship. It was, I think it was called Con at Sea or SeaCon. And it was a really funny experience. I went with the kids and with Jeannie. And there were some other creators there. Gail Simone was there, Brian Azzarello. And it, it was a lot of fun in that regard. But what you realized really quickly within a couple of days is that with fans on the boat and creators on the boat, you get tired of each other really quick or they get tired of us. Meaning, how many times can they come get get things signed? You know what I mean? Like in a, in a four-day, five-day period on a cruise. And the whole thing started to fall apart. And it was funny because you could see that it wasn't going to work really by the fact that as we stopped, they kept picking up more cruisers. And cruisers apparently are people that essentially like are retired and like live their lives on cruise ships and have these like diamond passes and they get alerts every time they're empty seats on a cruise and they'll just go. So they have like an apartment or a condo somewhere in Tampa or somewhere on the coast. And they just spend like five days out of the week on cruise ships and they go all over the place and they're really funny and awesome. We wound up talking to a lot of them, and it was like the high, one of the highlights of the con. But one of them, it was an old couple, an elderly couple, and they were like, we're here to cosplay. And she was wearing like a sheet. She's like, I'm a ghost. And he had a cat ears, and he was like, and I'm a cat. And I was like, it's not quite how cosplay works, but it was very cute. 
they had been on a cruise the week before that was heavy metal and the one after us was going to be themed like country music. So anyway, but the point is it was clear by watching the ice sculpture melt day after day at the buffet and the kind of makeup of the ship change that a convention that just has creators and fans isn't going to work. And that's true of the industry in all these obvious ways, but in ways that aren't so obvious too, like creators make up a tiny portion of the people that make this whole geek comic industry function, the whole ecosystem run. Obviously, there's editors, there's retailers, huge, huge, incredibly important part. There's shipping, there's distribution, there's marketing, there's publicity, there's everybody in between. And so I figured every once in a while we talk about a different group of people just for a minute or two that really contributes to the whole geek and comics ecosystem maybe doesn't get as much flashy attention as creators. So today I thought like cosplayers because I saw Liz Wonder. She's amazing. She cosplayed Val Noctera at Megacon. So a story like it, when you go out and you cosplay our characters, you know, I know it's for fun and all of that, but especially if it's a character that a creator made up, it means the world. It makes the whole convention for us. I mean, I remember vividly in 2012 when I saw the first person cosplay as a talent at C2E2. Tyler has the picture. And basically, not only did it sort of blow my mind and Greg Capullo's mind, and I literally, like tears in my eyes blew my mind that a character we created, someone had taken the time to make a costume for. But Bob Harris, the editor-in-chief at the time at DC, was standing near me. And I had been arguing about why it might make a fun thing to do a crossover with other books for Court of Owls that had been doing well. And the fun was to give everybody their own talent that they made up. And they were going back and forth on whether it would work. And I swear to you, he saw me take a picture with the talent. He called me over and he was like, you just got your event. So, I mean, seeing fan enthusiasm for characters does go a long way with everybody, you know, on this side of the fence in the industry. But cosplay has been a staple of conventions and fan gatherings, really, I think, since pretty much the 50s and 60s and the proliferation of pulp magazines and pop culture. There was a great video on comic tropes, which is a terrific station if you don't follow it already, that covers all kinds of topics in comic books, that traces the entire history of cosplay all the way back to the early 19th century and the beginnings of Halloween as a popular holiday everything. So you should totally go check that out. But yeah, nowadays they're so elaborate. I mean, they have awards for all kinds of different best superhero costume, best original character costume, best manga costume or anime costume, best everything. So best team costume, best set piece one, which is amazing where sometimes they'll have an award for like a scene recreated by two characters. So it'll be like, you know, Superman holding Supergirl from Crisis or any of that stuff. So the the point is, there's a whole landscape of cosplay from kid cosplay and junior cosplay to all kinds of adult forays into cosplay. And the point I'm trying to make is that all of it is good. It's celebratory. It shows your dedication to this whole comic book and geek culture. And you should let your flag fly if you have any interest in cosplay. They're great tutorials on YouTube, on cosplay, Tyler. He's going to put a link here for for one of them that I thought was really, really strong. But there's also like ways of finding community through it. That's the other thing. There's a great hashtag 28 days of black cosplay that happens in February. And not only are the cosplayers incredible and the costumes amazing, but it also gives you a sense of how you can find a community you identify with that celebrates the things that you do 
and you can make friendships, which was what comics is all about at the end of the day, right? Finding stories that inspire you and connecting with other people who relate to the same material because of what it's about, what it means. That's really at the end of the day as a writer too, what we're trying to do. You try and write stories that inspire you, inspire other people and allow you to connect with them in this insane and crazy time we live in. So anyway, I wanted to, first of all, thank all the cosplayers who've ever cosplayed our characters. It means the world. They're photos of me and Greg with people that have cosplayed the entire Dark Knight's metal cast. Every possible thing from Mr. Bloom to Skinner Sweet to Gordon Batman to Zero Year Batman. Like we've seen everything we've made or I've made with other creators as well, pretty much cosplayed. And it always is the highlight of a convention. So thank you. I hope you guys, if you have any interest in cosplay, will go check out some of these links. And always welcome and celebrate cosplayers. And remember, cosplay is not consent. If you're at a convention and you see somebody in any kind of cosplay, feel free to go up, tell them how much you admire their costume, how you think it's great. But, you know, boundaries are boundaries and be very careful about making sure that you respect everybody's space. All right. Thanks, guys. And I'll, I'll be back on Thursday.